Welcome to Letters to Women. It's a podcast where we embrace and explore what it means to live out the feminine genius in our everyday lives as Catholic women. My name is Chloe Langer, and today we're going to be having a conversation about some of my all-time favorite topics, things like authenticity, vulnerability, healing, and the difference between fitting in and belonging. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Mary Lineberg. She is an incredible woman who shares her witness and her journey to healing in an amazingly authentic way. I truly believe that when each of us is able to share the story of how God has redeemed the brokenness in our lives and in our hearts, it not only gives God the glory for the work that he's done as a divine physician, it also opens up the floor for other women in our own lives to have the courage to do the same. If you've ever stuffed part of your story under the rug and avoided the process of healing out of a desire to fit in, sister, this letter is for you. You are worthy of healing and you belong. Make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram at letters to women underscore podcast for takeover Tuesdays. Every Tuesday since the beginning of February, the women who contributed letters to the brand new Letters to Women book have been taking over my Instagram account and giving you a peek into their daily lives as Catholic women and their experience with the feminine genius. If you've missed any of them, don't worry. They're all saved as highlights for you to browse through. Tomorrow is March 16th and Beth Willoughby is taking over Instagram stories. She wrote a letter to you in the new Letters to Women book about the temptation to comparison that we experience as women, which I think is a story that pairs so well with today's conversation on the podcast that I'm chalking it up to a Holy Spirit move. This episode of Letters to Women is sponsored by House of Joppa. Today, Mary and I talk about how the feminine genius equips us to open our homes and our hearts to each other. And I absolutely love the work that House of Joppa is doing to help us as Catholic women create homes that express that desire for healing and wholeness through the beauty of Catholic artwork and home decor that they provide. Friends, if you have not checked out House of Joppa, head over to their website in the show notes and enjoy the gorgeous Catholic home decor. I'm loving their wooden door hangers that fit perfectly with a modern chic vibe of a home with a gorgeous small nod to your favorite Marian devotion or your favorite saint. Letters to Women listeners get 15% off at their site at checkout with the code LETTERS15. That's one word, all caps, LETTERS15. Check out the link to House of Joppa in the show notes or visit their website, houseofjoppa.com. That's houseofjoppa.com. Now let's jump into this conversation with Mary. Today, I am welcoming to the show Mary Lineberg. Mary is a full-time Catholic speaker and author. She's given keynotes at conferences internationally, including the Adele Gathering, the Genius Women's Conference, and the Fiat Conference, Military Council for Catholic Women, European Retreat, and the Women of the Word Conference. A writer with Take Up and Read, her work has appeared in five of their meditation books, and she's contributed to two other books. Her and her husband, Jerry, live in Virginia with their son, Jonathan, and their daughter, Courtney, passed away in 2014. Mary, welcome to Letters to Women. It's an honor to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Chloe. I just, I'm so excited to be here today. So we're going to be chatting and diving into a brand new book that you've written, as well as talking about some big topics like identity and forgiveness, healing and vulnerability, all of my favorites. I'm really excited. So to start us off, for listeners who haven't got a chance to know you yet, Mary, can you tell me about your story as a Catholic woman? I would love to. So, uh, my name is Mary Lennerberg, as you said. I'm married to the wonderful Jerry. I uh, have been for 32 years. He was my one and only blind date. God knew I only needed one. Um, we were uh, given four souls to care for, two we did not get to meet the side of heaven. And our son, Jonathan, who is 31 and engaged to be married, we're very excited for him. And then our daughter, Courtney, who went home to the Lord in 2014. I grew up in a Catholic family. 
Um, but I strayed in my 20s and in my early life. I've faced many difficulties throughout um, being the parent of a special needs child. My daughter, Courtney, um, had, seizure, had a seizure disorder. So she was um, wheelchair bound, non-ambulatory, non-verbal. And her living with um, all of her disabilities was very difficult. It was difficult for me as a woman. It was difficult for me as a wife and as a mother. And so uh, God, though, remained faithful in all of that and walked beside us for those 22 years. We got to love her this side of heaven. And in that process, she brought us to God. She sort of shined a light on the weaknesses in our life. And what was revealed in my husband's and my marriage was addiction, myself to food, my husband to pornography. And um, we went through a lot, but God has restored and redeemed and rebuilt our marriage and our family. And we give him all the glory, uh, both now and always. So um, it's just been quite an adventure. I've loved getting to know your story so much throughout social media, your first book, and then now you're the author of a second book, which is Be Bold in the Broken, How I Found My Courage and Purpose in God's Unconditional Love. And you wrestle with some tough questions that I think a lot of us ask ourselves as women, like, who am I? And what's my purpose? And where do I belong? I'd love to know what inspired you to write a book to give readers encouragement to accept who they are and become the women God created them to be. Well, it's interesting. This book is an answer to the the number one question I get when I go on the road to speak and to give retreats. And that's what was I made to do? Like who am I and what am I supposed to do? What if, you know, I would I would pray with these women, I would uh spend hours in quiet corners just listening as they poured out their their hurts and their brokenness and their shame of what had happened in their life and they didn't know how to take all of that and and go and live a productive life and go and live a life built on um, love and on um, this idea that God can rebuild and restore anything. And they were living in their shame. And so this book is an answer to that. We are all broken. We are all broken. We all have a past. We all have stories. We all have shame in our past and sin in our past. But God is here to be the divine healer. He is here to Be the one to look at you and say, but I love you. Yes, I know you messed up. Okay, come to me. Let's fix this together. And so this book kind of answers those questions. It shows you my journey, some of the stories I share from my life, both in my childhood and my adult life, and how God restored me and redeemed me and reintroduced me to the idea of mercy, to the idea of vulnerability, and to what it is to live broken but fully restored in him. I loved getting to read your book, and I think it's so incredible to read the stories that you share and find them incredibly relatable, whether it's that particular circumstance or the feelings that you were experiencing as you were going through that and how healing it is, I think, especially as women, to see another woman share from a place of healthy, authentic vulnerability, which gives me as the reader, but then also all, all the women who read, permission to accept the fact that they are broken and acknowledge those parts of their stories that I think can be, it can be a temptation to just kind of want to shove them under the rug and pretend they didn't happen. It really is. And especially when we start this idea of comparison, right? You know, social media exists out in the world and, and, and I'm so glad as a young wife and mom, I didn't have it. Praise Jesus. Did he know what that Mary Lenneberg would just, what she would do on social media in her twenties and thirties? I'm so grateful for that. But you know, what we, what we see is not, you know, the grass is not always greener on the other side, right? What we see is just a slice of the best of what, what what people want to present to us. And so this idea of comparison, I like to say, I don't compare, I celebrate, right? 
everyone has their own unique journey. I am made in the image and likeness of God, as are you, but we don't look anything alike. Our lives are not alike. Our vocations, although shared in the vocation of marriage and motherhood, they don't look anything alike because you were made to do what God needs you to do. You were made for the life that he has for you. I was made for the life he has for me. We are all these unique, individually made puzzle pieces that when put together, become this glorious masterpiece. You know, you think of the, the masters in Rembrandt and, and put, you know, all of these beautiful paintings that you see all over the world. We're in God's eyes, we're even more glorious than that. I mean, it's just, it's tremendous to look around and see the face of God in every other person that is made, that is walking this earth, that has breath in their body because God made them too and loves them equally. So I like to encourage those that I walk with to celebrate one another, not compare, to encourage one another, not to envy, and to be joyous in another's, um, you know, in their, in their joy and in their whatever they're celebrating in their life to be joyous for them and not jealous. And so I try to keep those things close to my heart because I, as I share in the book, be bold and the broken, there were times when I didn't do that and it's destructive. It's destructive to my heart. It's destructive to the individual that I'm dealing with. And it's destructive to the world because sin does, doesn't just affect us. It affects all you know, our community as well. I, yeah, I think it's so easy to have in some ways this false sense of intimacy with a lot of the women that we interact with on social media and assume that, well, you know, because I know what they drank in their coffee this morning and where they went on vacation last summer, then I know all the things about their life. And then I think what's really beautiful about acknowledging the parts of our own heart that are broken is that we realize that if I have this experience and I'm broken and God has the ability to come in to heal and bring grace to the situation, then it gives us the ability, I think, to look at other women's stories with much more of that celebration and compassion than that culture of comparison. And so I think too, looking at our own stories and examining our own hearts can make us realize, you know, if it's this hard for me to change and heal, then I have a lot more empathy for women who are also going through something that I may not even know about that's happening behind that screen. And that's the thing. We're all facing a war. You know, we're all in this, this war of life together, this adventure together, and everybody's facing their own battle every single day. And so as Mother Teresa said, you know, one way to love one another is to smile. Like when we smile at one another and we celebrate the other, you don't know what that can do to somebody else. And I just know that, you know, we hide a lot, especially as women. We hide a lot. Why? Because we tend to judge one another. We tend to compare. We tend to put each other in these little boxes. Well, we do the same to God, right? We want to put God in this little box. And God doesn't belong in a box. He not only made the box, but... He was meant to, you know, exist outside. And therefore, you know, we can't limit his mercy, his grace and what he can do for us. And so therefore, if we walk in this authentic brokenness, if we say to the world, you know what? I am not perfect. I make mistakes. I am a sinner like you. Please don't put me on a pedestal because when I fall, it's going to be ugly. And, you know, I don't want to be next week's meme, right? So it's like, how about we just hold each other's hand and walk together in this brokenness. How about I encourage you and you encourage me and together without judgment of what the other is going through, just mercy and grace given by God to another. You know, how about we start there and then maybe we can begin to rebuild this community, rebuild this world filled with compassion and mercy instead of 
judgment and comparison. I loved so many of your chapters in your book. One in particular that really struck me is on the topic of having the courage to surrender. And that is something that is often scary and requires letting go of control and accepting the plan that God has for us. What are some things in your own story that have maybe held you back from finding peace and contentment with the reality that God invites you into? And how can we as women grow to fully embrace the plans that God has for us today? Well, you know, (laughs) we have to acknowledge first and foremost, we are not in control. We are not in control of one darn thing. We'd like to think we are, but we are not because God, you can't control God and faith and trust in a God that is bigger than our own understanding means that you're acknowledging, I don't have control over my life. Now, does that mean I can't decide what to do? No, of course not. He gives us free will. We decide every day what we're going to spend our time and our money and our resources on. And, uh, you know, but is it going to be something that builds the kingdom of God? That's the thing. Our daughter, Courtney, my daughter, Courtney, taught me the greatest lesson she taught me was one of surrender. There was nothing in dealing with a special needs child who, when she would have a seizure and stop breathing, you know, the world stopped for those 45 seconds. I mean, There's nothing like that situation to really teach you very quickly that you have no control. And so we are to be reliant completely and totally upon the Holy Spirit and upon our Lord to give us the grace to take the next step. Okay, so this idea of to have the courage to surrender is simply an acknowledgement that I cannot do this by myself. I am not on this podcast today because I did everything myself. I am on this podcast today and I've written this book because God has walked with me in my brokenness and in my sin, and he has rebuilt and restored. And he has said to me, Mary, all that you went through is for, you know, is not for nothing. I waste nothing in anyone's life. You're in a season now where there are no little people that need you. Your husband is capable of making his own sandwich every now and again. So you can go out into the world and share with these beautiful souls that they are not alone in this idea that they're not doing something right or everything around them is falling to pieces. And what am I going to do next? And how am I going to get up in this time when my marriage is in crisis? My child is in crisis. My parents are in crisis. I'm in crisis. Whatever it is, how am I supposed to face the day and get through it? Well, the only way to do it is to surrender that day to the Lord and say, God, I I can't do this. I can't do it. So if you want it done, you got to do it. And that's Mm -hmm. how he really spoke to me through those 22 years of raising our daughter. Um, And even upon her death, I had to stand at her grave and say, I am not in control of the rest of my life. It belongs to you. I am here to serve. And it's not altruistic. It's It's not a prideful moment. It truly is like, I don't even know what to do. Like, you got to do it for me. So he invited me in that moment to really just hold on to him and that he would whisper into my heart through other people, through different situations, through my prayer, what he needed me to do next. But I had to surrender first so I could hear him. I love how you share out surrender. And it reminds me of this quote from Catherine of Siena where she's talking to the Lord and asks him, you know, who am I and who are you? And the Lord reminds her, you are she who's not, and I am he who is. And and I think at first glance, that can be something that comes across as, oh, oh right, Lord, <laughs> I'm the one who's not. That's very comforting. But then it, when you understand humility as this idea of 
recognizing that God's God and I'm not, that's that's an invitation to freedom because then you can let go of the perceived control. And I love how you said we're not in control of anything. It's an illusion that we that we have. And I think it's an illusion that we really fall into, particularly as women, um, and something we struggle with. Well, we also tend to rely on ourselves just as humans, right? We think we have to do all of this. I have to figure out the next steps in my in my life. Like right now, today, I've got to do it all today. Like where's the plan? Get out the planner. Let's talk about the 12 steps. Let's do the goals and the actions and, you know, all of these things. This is what our world is telling us constantly. When most of the conversation we have with the Lord is done in silence, you know, it's done with sitting down. For me, it's a hot cup of coffee and I literally, you know, I'll read the scripture for the day and I'll be like, okay, Lord, where are you in this? This morning I read the scripture and I was really struggling with this idea of, you know, I get so distracted in prayer and what do I have, you know, to offer this day? And he was so direct in the Psalm. He's like, you're like a tree who stands, you know, the roots are implanted by the river and the river gives life, right? I am that life. So why are you worried about what you're going to do? stand by the river and let me do it with you. And I'm like, okay. So I looked at my day and I'm like, oh, I'm standing by the river here. I'm standing by the river here. (laughs) You know, okay. I see how he's going to do it. And we just tend to want to rely on ourselves for everything. And what God has told us from the beginning, which is again, surrender, vulnerability, all of these things is rely on me. I already gave everything I had for you. So how about you stand by the cross and you look at me and you say, okay, Lord, what do I do next? You know, just do as Elizabeth Ann Seton used to say, just do the next right thing. And sometimes for us, that's scrubbing a toilet. Sometimes it's bringing a neighbor a meal. Sometimes it's going to adoration. Sometimes it's, you know, um, sitting in a hospital room, holding somebody's hand as they're facing, you know, a horrific diagnosis. It looks different for all of us. But the fact that we allow God into that moment and have them direct our steps, that's what makes the difference. For a woman who's listening, who is just starting out on her own journey of healing, I think it's incredible to read your book and listen to you speak as you witness into what forgiveness and healing and vulnerability have looked like at so many different stages and seasons of your life. But maybe someone who's listening is just discovering wounds and her story, and she's seeing the ways that maybe acting out of that woundedness have hurt those that she loves. What would you, what would you tell that woman who's listening? Give yourself grace. And it's going to be hard. She's not going to hear it. See, I will say that. I'll say, give yourself grace. And she's going to be like, no, but I've hurt these people. I've hurt myself. What do I do? How do I do this? God, God is how you do it. Um, For me, you know, in the beginning I had, again, it's about surrender. I had to surrender what I thought my life would be. I had to go and I had to ask for forgiveness as a Catholic. i you know, I go, I have the sacrament of, of, uh, reconciliation. I had to go and I had to like lay my heart out before the Lord and say, I wounded this person. I, you know, sinned in this way. I was hurt in this way. This person did this to me. What do I do? How do I, how do I rectify all of this? And I had to kind of rely on good mentors. I had a, my best friend, Christine, Um, helped me so tremendously, walked with me through many, many dark nights. And um, she, she was not afraid of my story, you know, find someone in your life that's not afraid of your story. That's not, um, that's not going to be overwhelmed by the intensity of your healing, because healing is at a very intense thing for us to go through. 
And yet when we come out on the other side, when we stand there and say, yes, I survived this, not only what I did to myself, what I allowed myself to do, but what others did to me. And yet when I look around, I see it all as good. I see it all as good because it has created a woman who is bold. It's created a woman who understands who she is and what she's here for. And um, therefore, what used to wound me and what used to hurt me cannot touch me because I know who God is. And, you know, as you said, God is God and I am not. And so I lean in and rely on him to help me and assist me in this healing journey that we're all on. We're all going to be healing for the rest of our lives. You know, sin happens every day. And so we're constantly going before the Lord and saying, you know, I am so sorry that I did this. How do I fix it? And he guides us. But I would tell her to find a mentor, find a friend that, again, is not afraid of her journey. I would tell her to um, take her time. Healing takes time. Uh, it's a process. If she needs to get professional help, I went through many, many, many hundreds of hours of counseling. Um, mm -hmm. My husband and I went through marriage counseling. Uh, we both uh, found spiritual directors. That was incredibly helpful. Um, just different you know, different seasons of our life, we did different things. I'm a big journaler. And that really helped. I think in the beginning, that's all I did. I just poured it out of the paper to get it out of my head. And then I began to seek help in the ways that, um, that in the end helped me to become a whole person again. You know, I think when, when it comes to the journey of healing, sometimes when we, we've gotten to the point of accepting this true and wholehearted and authentic self, we could also go through this experience of feeling that that woman is someone who's judged and who's criticized by others, or she's someone who doesn't fit in. And I think the temptation can be to skip on the skip over healing, continue to put up this false face of perfectionism and kind of hide behind that. What's the difference between fitting in and belonging? Why does that distinction make all the difference when it comes to being bold in, in each of our own broken stories? It really is about the distinction. To fit in means that I have to change something about me to be accepted in whatever situation that is. I'm trying to fit myself in somewhere that I am not, maybe I am welcome, but I don't feel welcome, right? So I'm not going to place the non-welcoming on, on anybody else. I'm going to place it on myself and how I feel about myself. So I change, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, I change um, what, what and who I am to fit into the situation. To belong means I am welcome and accepted exactly as I am. There is no change required in me. I literally show up and I belong. And here's the thing. We all belong. We all belong here. It is ourselves in relationship that looks at another, either looks at, you look at yourself or you look at another woman and you say, no, she doesn't belong. And that comes from a place of fear, which comes from a place of false humility and pride, right? So I, I say in the book, they're, true story. All of them are true stories. You know, that little black dress. We all want to fit in. We don't want to stand out too much. We want to be seen, but we don't want to be, you know, over the top. And yet for myself, I am a bold woman. I was made to be a bold woman. God gave me my daughter. I was her advocate. I was her voice. I was her physical caregiver. I needed to be bold and strong in order to do that. I have dear, sweet, beautiful friends 
who are the most quiet and gentle of women. And if you were to look at the two of us standing in a room, you would say, how could they be friends? Because we belong to one another. I don't make them change for me. They don't make me change for them. It's true, authentic, feminine friendship, right? And so we belong to each other. And so I would go for that little black dress. And as I, I shared the story in the book, I really wanted the red sequins gown because it was me. It was sparkly and it was fun and it was pretty and it was a showstopper. And that's my personality. And yet I chose not to do it because I wanted to fit in. And I walked into a sea of black and there was a moment where everyone in the room turned and this gorgeous, beautiful woman walked in the room with my dress, my red sequins dress. And do you know, no one could stop talking about her for the rest of the night. Now that might say, I wanted everybody to talk about me. No, what we were not talking about her red dress. We were talking about her boldness to be herself, her mm -hmm. boldness and her confidence in who she was made to be. And that's what we are all called to. We are all called to be bold in our brokenness, to be confident in who God made us to be. Everyone has been given different talents and different charisms to serve the kingdom of God. Do not allow somebody else and what you think it should be, what, what their charisms, what their gifts are, do not allow them to overshadow your own because that's not what it's all about. It's all about belonging to one another. It's all about us linking arms and walking together, no judgment, you know, allowing my charism to work with your charism, allowing your talents to work with my talents so that we build this beautiful culture of life and love and family um, where God is at the center of it all. For women who want to discover the woman that God's created them to be and to live fully alive as his daughter. Do you have any advice for what finding our own mission field looks like for leaning into the charisms that the Lord has given us and being open to God using our gifts and our woundedness for his glory? And I think especially in situations where plan looks nothing like the one that we had in mind. Oh my gosh, my life looks nothing like I planned, like I've ever dreamed. I just but yet it is so beyond what I could have ever imagined to be. And that's the joy of surrender. It's, is it hard? Absolutely. Um, are there struggles every single day? Certainly there are. There are for all of us. But And how did I figure out what he needed me to do? Well, I started with where I found my joy. You know, I find my joy in caring for other people. Um, I find my joy in feeding people. I find my joy in opening the door and, and welcoming, welcoming them into my home. I have a charism of hospitality. I have a charism of mercy. What does that mean? I'm not afraid of your hard things. If you need to sit down and tell me about your addiction, if we need to walk through a diagnosis, if we need to um, you know, go to counseling because your marriage is coming apart, okay, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to fast for you. I'm going to support you in any way I can. How do I know that that is a charism? Because God has placed me in that situation time and time and time again. And I never, you know, go in thinking I have an answer. I go in thinking to a company. I am here to listen, right? And so he kept placing me in these situations and I prayed about it and I thought, gosh, I think I, think I have this charism. And then others, you know, our charisms and our gifts and our talents are usually told to us by others in our community. So others around me kept saying, yes, of course you do, Mary. And so therefore, I would put myself in situations where I could serve in that capacity. 
So how do you find your mission in life? What gives you joy? What do you dream about, right? What do you wanna do? I mean, for many women that I work, I do this work every single day, they wanna have a peaceful home. Like that's their number one goal. Okay, what can we do to help you with that goal? Some want to start a business and they want to um, make Catholic jewelry or they want to make rosaries or they, they have beautiful art they want to share. Great. How, how is God filling your heart with that? How is he um, allowing you to help your family in this role? Um, the mission field, I call it broken motherhood. You know, my motherhood has been very, very broken. I made decisions in my early 20s that ended my ability to have children, more children than the four souls I was given. And yet God has surrounded me with daughters uh, and sons throughout the rest of my life. He has redeemed my broken motherhood. And he has asked me to go and to be a mother, whether, you know, it's someone that's in my own family or mostly people that are not my blood relatives. Because we all need a mother. You know, I'm, as, I, as we record this, I have the Pieta, a statue of the Pieta, literally in my eyesight. And I look at her holding her son, her broken, you know, his body is broken. He's gone. And she's just got her arms open in complete surrender to this idea that, you know, he has completed his task. He has loved us with his very life. And yet she has to get up from that moment and go and take care of those 11 knuckleheads that, you know, <laughs> God left her with, and and she's got to still be a mother to them, right? Her motherhood is not over because her son is dead, you know? And I know that there are single women that are listening to this podcast and are like, but I've never had a child of my body. You may never have had a child of your body, but you still are a mother, right? And your motherhood, you might actually feel is broken because you're not married and you don't have a child, but yet your entire being was made to shelter another soul. So how is God asking you to step into that motherhood, whether it be physical or spiritual, so that you can shelter another soul, so that you can accompany another person? You know, our mission field is the world. Some of us, our mission field is our living room. Some of us, it's our town. Some of us, it's our state, you know, and it just goes out from there. We're not all called to travel to Africa or the sub-Saharan, you know, climate to, to be a missionary. It's hard enough to be a missionary to your own children, especially when they become teenagers and adults. You know, it's hard enough to talk about politics and and pro-life and and you know pro, you know honoring and respecting human beings with your neighbor these days. So you know your mission field doesn't have to be across the ocean. It can literally be across the street. And I think we find it in our prayer. We find it in what gives us joy. What gives us life. And that's where those charisms and talents live. And that's what we have to pay attention to. Mary, where can listeners find a copy of your brand new book, Be Bold and the Broken? And how can they connect with you online? Because I absolutely love listening to you dive into the subjects, whether it's in an Instagram post or a IGTV. And I think you have a wealth of, of knowledge that I'd love for listeners to be able to tap into. Well, my favorite place online is Instagram, as you mentioned. I, I do love uh, Instagram. That seems to be the place where God has put me for to build community. But also on my website, MaryLennerberg.com, you can find where I'm going to be speaking next or when the next book comes out or any of that type of information. But um, yeah, just you know, direct message me. Email me. I answer all my own personal email, all of my own direct messages. So you're not getting a virtual assistant. You're actually getting Mary, which is kind of cool. 
but mm -hmm. um, that's where you can find me. And then my books are available wherever books are sold. So amazon.com, um, christianbook.com, Barnes and Noble, uh, they're all there. Be brave in the scared. My first book was just uh, loaded up and audible. Um, Jerry, mm -hmm. my husband who read the forward and myself read the book. So that just launched a couple of weeks ago. So that's available for people um, on Audible and Amazon. And uh, and then the pre-order for Be Bold and the Broken is going on right now. The one question that I ask every woman who comes on the podcast and, and the one we'll close out our conversation today with is this one. Mary, how do you live out the feminine genius in your everyday life, especially as you encourage and console women on a journey to become bold in the broken? I live it out in service of others. I live it out with my door open and a seat at the table. Um, I never know what my day will bring. I have a planner that says it's going to do X, Y, and Z, but I always allow room for the Holy Spirit to move in my day. Um, and so for me, that is, that is the principle in which I build every day, that my door is open and there's a seat at the table and you are welcome anytime, no matter what. Mary, thanks so much for coming on Letters to One and for sharing your story. I'm so excited for our listeners to pick up a copy of your new book and continue to get to know your story. And it's just been so good to sit down with you and talk. Thank you so much for having me, Chloe. It's been an absolute delight. I so appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. Head over to letterstowomenpodcast.com and check out this week's show notes. Or if you're listening in your podcast player, just scroll down to browse through links to follow Mary online and order her brand new book. If you want to hear even more of the wisdom that Mary has to share about healing, pick up a copy of the brand new Letters to Women book that just released last week because Mary's letter, a letter to the woman who is healing, dives deep into her experience with raising Courtney, her daughter, with special needs, and the grace that God provided in that season. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single new episode. And if you're an Apple user, it would be so appreciated if you left Letters to Women a quick review and let me know how I'm doing and tell other Catholic women what you like about the show. Follow along with the podcast and hear the latest news over on my Instagram account at letters to women underscore podcast and make sure to check out Takeover Tuesdays with Beth tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining me. I absolutely love getting to have these conversations with you. And until next time, be not afraid. <laughs>